Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Hey, everybody. This is Hayden Bullock. I'm the host of The Working Therapist, and you're getting ready to listen to part two of a podcast we call The Working Mom. Actually, this podcast was supposed to be just one, but we were having so much fun that we divided up into two podcasts. I brought in three women that I look up to and that I think are great at balancing home and work and kids and all of the stuff that fits into that category. So we talk about some funny stories. we try to give everybody some encouragement, tips, give you some insight. A good time was had by all. So if you haven't checked out part one, go back and listen. It's fun. But now we're getting ready to hop into part two of The Working Mom. So sit back and listen and enjoy. I do like the schedule and the structure of that. It helps me to come home from work and do my best to cut that off and do family time. And also just another perk here, like when all my four children were coming up, some of the pauses of daycare for me in particular, or they would put your children on a schedule, which mm-hmm. was very helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they had the regular nap times. They yes. also potty trained my people because I am, I'm, I'm terrible. I've done underwear away in every bathroom in Cumberland <laughs> County. I'm not kidding. Like I have, there was some definite like positives. They also, like, and my kids were structured and, and in terms of their schedule, and and you know it I think in some ways it sort of helped define a structure that they'll probably have forever because you know they go to school or daycare or whatever it was and then come home do their homework there's only so much patience I got for that at the end of the day and Absolutely. that's also not that much fun so I'm like okay get that mess done before I get here if you have a problem we'll address it but by and large it should be done when I get home but then that's mm-hmm. really how school work should happen anyway mm-hmm. so hopefully that set exactly. them up for positive habits let's just go with that we'll cross our fingers I will say, I think a lot of it when you work is to have a support structure. My family does not live here, so I didn't have that. But I've been very blessed to have caregivers that have helped with my children and gotten them places they need to go. I can depend on Sandy to get them everywhere they need to go. Even now that my older son is a senior and drives, he can't go to the doctor without he's a minor Mm -hmm. so he has to have someone I hadn't thought of that but to know that if someone gets sick she will pick them up if I'm out of town they're taken care of is a great put your mind at ease and help some with the guilt when there's somebody you know you can depend on yeah I've had nannies since I had baby number three and I look at each nanny as a gift from God I mean really I do a gift from God because people say well how'd you find your nanny I'm like well I prayed and they showed up and you know my first (laughs) nanny was as much for me as she was for Carr, because yeah. I was scared to death to leave him. And, and I didn't really know what I was doing either, to be totally honest with you. And she had done this for years. And Miss Betty taught me as much as she took care of Carr. And then Rhett came along, and he's had the same one forever. And it's just like part of the family, and you can depend on that support. Mm-hmm. There's hierarchies of people in my life that I need to keep happy. And the That's nanny is the like list. really number one. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Yes. Like she needs to be happy. Because if she's not happy, then none of my people are happy. And then I can't be happy and I can't do my thing. So, like, the nanny is key. She, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We try to keep her real happy. Well, that was that whole expression growing up. If mama ain't happy. And the nanny ain't happy, ain't mama ain't having nobody happy. No, no, totally. But that happiness is really that fulfilled inner yeah. uh, what makes you go because I'm listening to you guys talking about how you'd never thought about not working and I had always known I wanted to stay at home with my kids 
but I also knew that I wanted to work. And so I struggled with what to do. And I can remember when my oldest one was born, my husband was in school, and we had a year where we elected together to basically have no income at all for a year so I could stay home. And we took out loans, and, you know, it took years to pay that off. But it was a choice because at that time I had chosen it, you know, I'm going to be that mom. I'm going to stay at home with my kids. And I realized real quick it wasn't as easy Mm-mm. as I thought it was going to be. Stay at home or working. And it was difficult. And so for that, you know, to go from being the stay-at-home mom for 12 years and struggling each year, wanting to get back in the classroom, I can remember speaking with a lady. She was the principal at the school at the time, which is where I teach now. She's not there now. But I remembered asking her, you know, or when will I know? And she said, you'll know. When you're ready to go back, you will know. And by George, it happened. And I can also say with full belief that my children have had to adapt and learn to be more self-sufficient and learn to be more independent in the household. And we're delegating and we're trying to still iron out a lot of the kinks and who's doing what duty. But that has been something that I would like to believe has been an opportunity for the kids to learn that, you know what, mama's not here all the time, and you're going to have to learn to, oh, well, you left your lunch, I guess you'll have to buy lunch today. Oh, well, you forgot that paper, that form, you're not going to have it until tomorrow, or you're going to have to, you know, and she's certainly come up with some creative ways to get around what she's needed to do. But, you know, those things are things that they have to learn, too. It's life skills. Well, that is, I was going to say, it's life skills. I forgot my lunch today or whatever. You know, I guess I'll be hungry. Right. Or Mm -hmm. do something if I can't, you know, I mean, if I haven't turned something in for work that needs to be turned in, I mean, you know. Consequence. Yes. I feel like that's sort of a benefit. That kind of sounds ugly, doesn't it? It is. No, it's a benefit. um, They need to be held accountable because it's the rest of your life, you know. And so mama can't be there to do everything, but nobody should be there to do everything. I mean, you got to take responsibility for your own stuff eventually and Mm -hmm. do your deal. My husband has been good for me in that regard. And going, don't feel guilty about it. It was their responsibility to take the paper to school today. He forgot it. It'll get there tomorrow. The world doesn't stop. But you can't feel guilty. And he talks me down off the ledge mm-hmm. often when I get there. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, my husband's good at that, too. Because the first reaction is, oh, I should have been. I should have go. I need to go fix it. I know exactly. you'll help them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And really, sometimes they don't need saving. No, they need to, yeah. (laughs) sounds terrible. Bless their little hearts. Okay, so how to manage all the working mama stuff. So we've talked about the guilt. We've talked about the why we actually decide to work. What are the most difficult things to manage, and what are the easiest things to manage? Well, time management's always been my weakest link, (laughs) and it's only gotten weaker. (laughs) So let's be honest with ourselves here. It's it's (laughs) definitely a struggle in our household to figure out, okay, you've got this much time. If you don't get your homework done in this amount of time, it's not going to get done. You know, or you're going to have, and there have been many a late night in our household where somebody, I'll get it later. Fine, get it later. Guess what's going to happen? Later's going to come. And it does, and there they sit, and you feel guilty because you're thinking, okay, here's this working mom. Maybe if I weren't working, I could have been home with them saying, do this homework. But it's not that. They're old enough and independent enough to figure out that if I don't do it, I'm going to be tired tomorrow because I'm going to be up late tonight. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they're learning. And, you know, what better lesson than that lesson that comes their way is their consequence for what they've chosen to do or not. Mm -hmm. So I guess managing time and stuff like that is really hard. It's hard, especially now. You know, I think when we were growing up, I left school or I left one activity, but now there's so many things that children do that we didn't do. They have travel this and travel Mm -hmm. that. Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, three and five times. I mean, there's just so many things that 
children do now that I didn't do. I mean, I had one activity that I did during the week, but now it's every single night there's something. And so time is definitely a factor. But one of the things I struggle with, and it's just my guilt, is meal preparation. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, that's simple, but that is hard for me. I mean, I love to cook, but to squeeze it in and manage the time and make sure you're feeding them well, that's where I struggle. My mom worked, but she cooked dinner every night. Every night. Mine too. We don't. Well, you know, growing up, we didn't have the resources that we do today either. We didn't have McDonald's. There might be one or two fast foods. We had one McDonald's. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There weren't weren't options. There weren't options. And we didn't have microwaves. Hello, that dates Mm -hmm. me. But, you know, we didn't have this Mm -hmm. pop it in there real quick. I think it took time. Yeah. And therefore, there was a value in that. That now, if you think about it, we're like, oh, it's the weekend. We're going to make something nice this weekend. We're going to have the opposite. We're going to have some vegetables. Everybody's going to sit around this table and we're going to eat this dinner. We're going to enjoy it. I do the whole, okay, Friday night I cooked, they had a vegetable. Saturday night they cooked, they had it. Sunday night, oh, they had steak and potato. Oh, we're good. Monday through Thursday, it's on. I did the the same thing. Well, I cooked Sunday and we did have two vegetables. Okay, we're good. We're good. I did that last night and I started handing out multivitamins. I'm like, here. <laughs> I was like, I can't remember the last bite vegetable you had. Here for you, 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 Melinda's all around the table. Let's go. <laughs> I think I'm not the only one. one. No, Sounds like everybody, one. that's a good one because meal prep, it mm. stresses me out. Somebody told me a long time ago, and this place in Fayetteville has closed, which I'm so very upset. I was probably their best customer. I don't know how I didn't <laughs> keep them in business, but they were a catering company and they would make casseroles. Mm-hmm. And so somebody told me a long time ago, she said, well, here's what you do. You call up and you order 10 casseroles and then you put them in your freezer. And, I, mm-hmm. and she goes, and then in the morning, you pull one out and you put that bad boy in the afternoon because they're already pre-cooked. So then you're just heating them up. That was the Mac daddy. Now that place is closed and ever since then our eating at home has gone way downhill. (laughs) That to me was like, now that's genius because that's a functional, practical and good idea but I don't have any good answers. I hate to cook. I don't know if I hate to cook because I'm a working mama and I've had this struggle for so long or if I just really like hate to cook. I think there are a lot of women who don't like to cook. (laughs) I know a lot of women who will say, whether they stay home or work, it really, this doesn't matter. I mean, they'll just say, I don't like to cook. Oh, I hate to cook. I don't like, I, I do. used to like to cook because yeah. I didn't have three people looking at me saying, yuck, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it is. And, and you, you get cooked. to the point where you're like, you work so hard on making this meal that you're so excited about. Yes. And you put it on the table and they're looking at it like, I don't want to eat that. And they're picking through it. You get bored with cooking the same thing over and over. Yet if you try something different, the kids look at you like you have an eyeball in the middle of your head. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like mushrooms. You know? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I know. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm the same thing. I think meal prep and it's a guilt thing for me, hence the multivitamins. And it's a stress for me because I've always called from like five to seven, but now I'm inching it out. Four to eight, like witching hour. Like it hours, is. Like hours. Witching hour. like nobody's in a happy mood between five and seven. Mm-hmm. Is anybody in your house ever happy? I'm not happy. Nobody's happy. And that's the time when everybody's going to fuss and you got to get dinner ready and everybody's tired. And it's just not a pretty time. For me, that's one of the biggest things for me to manage is that 5 to 7 p.m. because I'm getting home from work-ish, generally It's a transition. Yes, and also Mm -hmm. dinner. And then that's when all the homework hits you that they couldn't get done. And all of a sudden, mama just walked in the door. So they've been nice for everybody all day long and like, well, you got to keep me because you birthed me. And so the wheels come (laughs) off the wagon. Mm -hmm. And so that's when they pull out their, wah! Well, they greet you at the door with... 
you won't believe what Carter did to me. Exactly. You know? oh, not, hey, mom, no. how are you? No, so you're no. not going to believe mom. He yes. Or you're standing there with like five bag of groceries in your hand, and where have you been? <laughs> well, that just ain't going to set the tone. No, it's not. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, I mean, hello. That just makes the whole four hours. That just. Uh huh. Ruins it. Uh huh. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. So that to me is like the hardest, one of the hardest things to manage. And and just to, I don't know. What's but, the easiest? Do we hmm. have an easy? Let's go with easy. <laughs> the routine. Let's take easy for, for me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. once I have the, everybody's routine established, mm-hmm. as long as everything kind of clicks along as expected, mm-hmm. it's a much happier household. But if some surprise mm-hmm. pops up and you start having to shuffle, a lot, especially when it's a busy week at work and they have a lot of activities and my husband's busy or he's out of town and mm. that's when the wheels kind of come off a little mm-hmm. bit. Or for him, if I'm out of town, I mean, it's the same, whoever's same home family. alone. Yes. Lack of cooperation is where it happens to us. When you are thinking about how the more children you have, mm-hmm. the more likely your odds are that someone is going <laughs> to be unhappy at some point <laughs> in that day. Oh, yes, and definitely. That, any day when all three, four, however many you have, are all in a good mood. Now, that's a bonus. That's just check. Wonderful, good day. Because there's Mark somebody is always going to be unhappy about something. So <laughs> you have to just sort of block out this time. I do, where I'm like, okay, this witching hours, who, who's got it for me today? Bring it. You know, let's see what's our issue. But if you yourself has an issue that you're dealing with, and somebody in that household, like you said, throws on a kink into that plan where, uh uh-oh, this was unexpected, you know, the riot begins. And so trying to get everybody to cooperate and say, okay, you know, you're supposed to be doing this right now. You're supposed to be doing that. I'm supposed to, everybody take five, you know, reining them in, I guess, and getting everybody on the same page. It's difficult regardless, I think, if you're working or not. I think that when you've got multiple people living in a household, you're going to have some chaos at some point. When I was pregnant with my first child, there was a psychologist who came to town and he spoke and he writes books. And so went back and so you know got the book. About. I thought he was, yeah, <laughs> no, but I thought he was pretty good. He has syndicated column and I can't think of his name. But anyway, one of his things was when you come home every afternoon, everybody has a decompression time. Mm. And so maybe your kids come home from daycare, you're home from work, or you just got home and they're home, whatever the scenario, everybody needs to go into their own corner mm. for just a few moments. Like, I like to be able to go change clothes mm-hmm. and get out of my work clothes without a trail of people behind me in my bedroom because they mm-hmm. all just follow along and start talking. <laughs> so, you know, they go in the bathroom and lock it up like Fort Knox, but there's never a moment privacy. If they need something, you're in the shower, whatever the deal. Mama. <laughs> so that was good in our family that we came home and everybody go to their space just for 10 minutes and let me change clothes and put on my jeans and let's all decompress and then we'll meet back in the middle to kind of move forward. And on those stressful days, that was a really good tip for me that, okay, we all need to go to our spot. Go to your corner. Go to your corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have like a bell in. Bing. Everybody <laughs> kind of calmed <laughs> down and you could have a conversation when yeah. you came back as opposed to the mm-hmm. chaos that was there. My mom used to do that. She used to say, just give me five minutes. Five minutes. And she just go. And, then, and it's amazing how yeah. much good five minutes can do. Yeah. It became routine for us. And I think I've kind of done that now. I do say, just give me five minutes. <laughs> we need five minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> five we need minutes. five minutes. I just need five minutes. Is that minutes. too much to ask? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. If you can put that in your routine, you're good. 
But I think compartmentalizing a little bit and work does that. It helps me compartmentalize. My mom used to say, love from afar. Maybe that was her five minutes. Oh, love from I afar. Love, love from afar. Because <laughs> <laughs> she worked and there was four of us also. And she was like, let's everybody just love from afar. Love from afar. <laughs> and I was awesome. like, and I guess I was like, uh, I don't know what that meant, but basically it meant like, don't touch your neighbor and like <laughs> stop talking, I guess. I don't know anyway, but it didn't last for long. But love from afar. That's cute. I like that. That's for five minutes. And so I use that too and mm-hmm. now sometimes. That sounds much better than go to your corner. Yeah. Go to your corner. Like, I, I just lovely. say mom needs a timeout. Okay. It's time, my timeout. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking you guys don't know how good you've got it. You know, you've got somebody saying it's time to eat and making your food for you. You got somebody saying, hey, go take a shower. I'm like, if somebody would just say, Avery, go sit in your room and read for a minute, please. You know, yes, mm-hmm. I'm there. Let me do that. Go to timeout to for read five something. minutes. At read. I'm like, I can't even That's you know, read the back of a cereal box. I'm <laughs> just can't read anything. I haven't been able to read anything since Carter showed up on the scene. I'm like, read something. I don't know what I can 16 read. 16 years ago. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So any working mom tips? Like, I have one working mother tip. This is either really terrible or good, just depending on how you think about it. All right, awards assemblies. So awards assemblies has called me a significant, caused me mm. a significant amount of stress through the years. You know, you want to get to every single solitary one of them. And there's one every nine weeks times four. And so you go to this and you sit for this hour and your child walks across the stage for like 30 seconds and you see him get their little thing with Bob or Anyway, but if you're not there, you're like the worst mama since, oh my gosh, whatever. Okay. So this is what I've done through the years. <laughs> Usually I'll show up, figure out what order the class are in. <laughs> and if my kid's in class at the end, I will go and write a note and put it on their desk and leave and never even see it. That's brilliant. True confession. That is brilliant. I can't believe where, you just said that. Where were you? But I don't let them listen to this podcast. I don't know. No, no. That would, oh, they would listen to it. They're like, Mom, we're doing that. I'm not going to listen to that. <laughs> so, Wish I had thought of that. Yeah. So I, do you go in and wave so that you oh, do sure, get sure. so you, they oh, see yeah. you? Yeah, I make okay. an eye contact. Hey, yeah. And I'll usually prep them that morning. So you know, now I will not be able to hug you at the end because you're just so crowded, and you've know, you got to get back to class, <laughs> so and the people. teachers won't let you. I mean, they won't let me near you, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> you might have just given away a wonderful tip. And so then I go and write them a note, put it on their <laughs> desk. Oh, I'm so proud of you. You did great with awards assembly. I love you. I'll see you tonight. And bring me home your awards. We'll talk all about them. And then I leave. That Isn't is that brilliant. awful. <laughs> Bro- you I just made us brilliant. all feel bad. Well, no, well, no, I just wish I had thought of it. <laughs> I just made y'all feel bad because you've been sitting through awards assemblies. And I do. If they're at the beginning, I will sit there. And there then I go. I still write well, you know, though. I had the awards assembly when I was a stay-at-home mom. There was no excuse for this. And I was <laughs> in Target, and my sister and my sister-in-law both, within five minutes, sent me a picture on my phone of my son standing up there. Not only had I forgotten it was awards day, standing up there in his T-shirt that says Sister for Sale, <laughs> as he's standing on the awards day at the auditorium thinking, you know, and both, where are you? I'm thinking, oh, where am I? <laughs> um, I'm in Target buying a Legos to give him when he gets home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Oops. yeah. Yeah. So, you know. The line is really long. I got It's just up. I got stuck at Target and <laughs> couldn't get well, out. Well, working or staying home, it doesn't matter for uh, opinion tips like that. You have to definitely pick and choose. So the awards assembly is something that I can be like, you know what? It's okay if you don't hear every single thing I'm telling you. But now there's other things. I'm like, stop the presses, babe. I'll be there for the duration. And, you know, those... Mm-hmm. Stop and I'm there. You know, like various things. Getting a driver's license when you're 16 and leaving school and doing all that. Yeah, I'm leaving work and I'm going to do that. That's a big to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to shortcut that one. But the right. awards assembly, it's yeah. a good tip. No, my tips are completely fueled by desperation. 
Des- total and complete desperation. But I'll say one thing. Don't you think in most cases your kids rise to the expectation? Absolutely. So if you just are clear in defining what you expect, they rise to the occasion, I think. so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I've always thought it makes them a little hardier. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I do. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a little hardier. My mom was visiting me one time. This is not a good story for my mom. But she said, do you mean to tell me your children go through this every morning? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, what? Uh, like, I mean, they're fed and they're cleaned and they're at school now. She's like, well, that was just a hurricane. I'm like, it wasn't? I thought it was fine. It was kind of cold morning, actually. Like, well, they're surviving it. And so I'm thinking, and I, then I decided and I talked about it. And she's like, well, that was bad to say, Hayden. Wasn't it? And I was like, but anyway, I have a good mama still. She just lets it fly. She's going to tell you what she thinks. But I decided, I said, well, you know what? They're just going to be hardy people. They're going to be able to roll with it when they get older. You know, and sometimes I think, being a working mom, I've learned how to sort of deal with certain situations, and maybe not every situation is exactly like I wanted, and it's not for them either. But you know what? You got to make lemons when you get lemonade. Not that working mm-hmm. is lemons, but you know, it doesn't matter. In every situation in life, you've got to decide, all right, I can be positive situation out of this, or I can just be negative. Well, and it's trade-offs, mm-hmm. and everything in your whole life will be a trade-off. So for my kids, I never made lunch. I bought lunch at school, and if you wanted homemade lunch, I'd buy the stuff and you could make it, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have time in the morning to make your lunch. So you have to decide. Well, there's a tip. Ours, we make them the night before. And I, I wasn't even that organized, Avery. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not. I, let's be clear. I'm not making them the night before. Uh, the stuff is there, like you said, and that's the days they forget them. You know, in fact, this morning, I was taking Glenn to school because I had taken a mental health day today, and that's what I'm calling it. And I said, oh, we're doing a podcast. You know, I'm going to take the whole day. So I took my time, and I checked my son into the school where I teach late. And I got there and got my middle schooler in the car and thought, wow, who are you again? Nice to see you. And we're on our way to school. And she said, hey, whose chicken nuggets were those in the refrigerator? I said, those were mine, but you're welcome to them. She said, good, because I've already packed them there in my lunch. <laughs> but you know, to me, it's just I mean, every man for himself, buddy. Whatever every you man. can find, it's in there. Help yourself. If you make it the night before, kudos. You've got a lunch tomorrow. If you don't, find something or buy lunch, you know, because this whole day of I'm going to sit down, I'm going to make you this beautiful lunch and put your cute little napkin in there. And sure, I do feel guilty when I see, because like I said, my son's at the same school where I am. And every now and then I'll walk by his lunch table and see his pitiful little lunch sitting there next to these beautifully displayed, (laughs) healthy, you know, Tupperware container lunches and mine are in, you know, throwaway trash bag kind of whatever. And I'm thinking, but they're eating, and they're laughing, and they're having fun, and Mm -hmm. nobody's saying, hey, kid, you don't have the cute napkin that I have. So, you know, for me, as much as I'd like to paint that picture and say, this is all a pretty lunchbox, the reality is he's being fed, and he's finding his way, and this morning he had to buy a lunch, and he's going to be okay. That's probably our main takeaway from this whole thing. I think, you know, if you're a working mom, then you got to decide sometimes, right, what's my goal? And my goal is has shifted, and my idea of what I'm supposed to do and what I need to do versus what my really my goal is has shifted through the years. And I think working has actually helped me understand that a little bit better that, you know, yes, did my children go to school every day looking like matching in their clothes all right and they are perfect and the hair all fixed and the big bow and all that kind of stuff. They'd know and they don't know. <laughs> right? They're like a Head Start reject today. I can tell you that. Every one of them. <laughs> Everyone leaving the house like Head Start reject. I'm like, oh, my law. But anyway, all right, and moving on. But they're like what you say. They're happy. They're being educated, they're fed, they're, I would say clean, but less, maybe, maybe not. So that's my goal. I'm just raising happy, good people. Yeah, it's the core, right? And I think that's also for me, my core is I'm fulfilled, 
working unfulfilled, having children unfulfilled. And, you know, so that's really more what it is for me. It's just my values. And that's kind of helps me to decide why I work and not work. All right. So before we start to close the podcast out here, any other working mama tips, survival strategies, I like to call them? For me, I just found that there's a an inner peace for me when I get into that chaos and I start finding myself questioning and asking myself all those questions that we've talked about today and the guilt and everything starts to weigh in. When I find myself just praying about it and saying, you know what, I just need to let go and let God. And when He takes the wheel and I follow what He's saying, it just makes my days a whole lot easier and it starts them off in the right way. And I find that with a morning of in, even if it's while I'm brushing my teeth or, or whatever and look in the mirror and just think, you know what, show me the way today, God, you know, make it happen. It's just one of those things that helps me put the whole day in perspective. And on the days that I forget to start my day that way, I find that the chaos seeps in those cracks. So my tip is just let go and let God. That's a significantly better tip than mine where you cut out the wars assembly and you cheat it and, make people, and you lie and tell people you think you're there. Like, snap. That was awful. You got a tip where you're praying. I got a tip where I'm lying and cheating. Like, what's up with that? That's, That's the working okay. mom. I'm reflecting back when mine were very little and I'd come to work. And I think we've all had those days where we just hit a wall and, you know, Two of them were not well, but you sent them to, with the sitter, and one went to school not feeling great. And so you get to work, and I feel it's—I know what got me through a lot of days where I didn't know if I was going to sink or swim. But, you know, I really valued women that had been there, done that. Mm-hmm. I valued their opinions, and I valued their words of wisdom. And, you know, they were kind enough—you know, I guess they were kind of helping me along because they could see that. And me, you know, when they were there, they had all worked since their children were little. And they would just make comments like, when I'm working, I'm a better mom. Or it'll be all right. You'll love the structure. And I mean, they just had so many words of wisdom that I, to this day, like I could write them all down. I could tell you everybody that said them to me because they helped me. They got my mind back on track because what I was feeling and what I was doing every day, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't feel like I wanted to do it. And it was from the heart and I needed to be doing what I was doing. It was my purpose. So they just made me feel like my guilt was justified. And if I need to talk to them about this very next day, they weren't going to mind doing it because they had been there. So I guess the moral of that long tip was, you know, talk to other women that have been there and they've survived and they've made it through and their kids are great. Because sometimes you just have to have somebody that's been there, done that. So you just have to consult with other women. And the thing that I would add is we talk about the chaos and to get frantic, but I try to just remember they're not going to be home forever. And to just sit down and take time to talk to them and just enjoy them and enjoy what they're doing. They've never had a parent before either, so they don't know if we're doing it right or wrong because they don't have a prior parent. So they're pretty forgiving, I have found, and I try to just enjoy them because at the end of the day, they'll go to college and be gone, or that's your goal. (laughs) (laughs) That is the goal. That's what we've worked for. That's right. As they've gotten older, I've gotten more sentimental to just take the time to sit back and try to enjoy them and -hmm. and what they're doing. No, I agree with that, because I always call Carter my guinea pig kid, Mm -hmm. because I'm like, well, honey, I really know what we're doing with you. I mean, by the time we get to the fourth one, He's got a fighting chance, but you, I don't really know, you know? Exactly. And so I mean, it can go either way. You know, you got 50-50, brother. But that's a good way to think about it, that, you know, if they've never had another parent. You're right. Hmm, that makes me feel a lot better. 
well, I'm not doing so bad. We're learning together. Because <laughs> the first one, <laughs> no, I'm it. So yeah, he's well all. adjusted. <laughs> yeah, he's well. I mean, yeah. David's always said he goes, well, you know, got four of them, so it's a 25 percent. Somebody's not coming to be right. <laughs> no, but but or I'll sometimes on really hectic nights, I'll say between like five and seven p.m. I'm like, well, somebody's not getting out of this situation unscathed. I don't know which one it is, but somebody's going down. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Just because, you know, I don't know, working all day, I come home and it can be a little, like you said, frantic. But um, I agree with you. The older they get, the little bit more sentimental I get too. And it is kind of nice to have that time with them at night and do my thing with them. And and also to pick and choose what I want to be there for during the day. Because it is a choice. It's very intentional for me. Since I'm working, I make an intentional choice of, no, this one I'm going to be there for. This one I'll cheat on and write the note and pretend like I was there. So anything else for working mothers out there and coping or not coping or anything else? No? I said this to one of our therapists this week who was making the choice to stay home. We have a lot of therapists who are for us whose husbands are military, and so that puts a whole nother stress on, especially, I tell you what, my hats, those are people I, you know, talking about what, Kim, what you're saying, hats off to them. My husband's not military, but... For some of the women that work for us, their husbands are military, and they work full-time, and that's, like, I'm floored by them all the time. It's amazing. But this particular individual, she's going back and staying home with her kids now, and Kim and I were standing there, and we were talking to her, and I said, you know, God gave you these children only to you. They're yours. So that's your first job always as a mama. You know, I'm the only mom they're going to have, like what you're saying. And that, to me, is a pretty special role. And I take it very seriously, and I don't skimp on it. And so I feel like, you know, yeah, God gave me those people for a reason, because I guess I was what they needed, and they're definitely what I needed. You know, and so work is very important to me, but it for sure always comes second to that. But I've always valued a lot being able to be their mama first, and they also work, though. It's made me a better their mama. Okay, so I want to thank Avery, Sheila, and Kim. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I thought it was awesome. I look up to every one of y'all, so I always am like, well, look, their kids are normal, so there's a fighting chance for mine. (laughs) So anyway, anyway, I really do. So thank y'all for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Enjoyed it. So thanks, everybody, for listening. I really enjoyed this. I think that this information was real, on point, from working moms, doing their thing, working every day. Again, like I said, I understand the plight of the working woman, and so does everybody else here. So I think we got some good takeaways, a lot of good tips, and a lot of good real, in-the-moment, true stuff. So if you're a working mom out there, you're not crazy. We're not crazy, mostly. I'm not crazy. And so, you know, just... uh, Keep doing your thing, which is basically the moral of the story from this podcast. I enjoyed it. Thanks so much for spending some time with us today, and I'll catch you on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com. 